The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. the sports complex on a Friday afternoon, a fun Friday show. I'm your host, Patrick Davis with you every day with me on a Friday. My man, the digital wizard here at the Austin radio network, Jacob standard is joining me on a Friday. Like he always does to get through all these games. We're going to talk a lot about Texas, Kansas place, more Sark audio from yesterday. Uh, give me Patrick's big fat poll today. We'll ask you those questions on the new text line. Five, one, two, four, four, seven, three, seven, seven, six. Give me some picks for NCAA football. All happening on Saturday. Some a game, big game tonight. Big game tonight in NCAA football. Some NFL picks. Get you ready for MLB. The final weekend of MLB regular season is this uh, is this weekend. So a lot of stuff coming up on the show today. Of course, you always drive the show on the text line 512-447-3776. It's the new number. We just launched it this week. So if you have uh, not texted in your nickname for the new phone line, text it in. We're trying to keep adding them in. As we keep going, because I love being able to know you guys by name, and when we talk on the text line, I enjoy uh, I enjoy being able to to reference who you are that are texting in when you have good takes and all that other good stuff that you guys been doing over there on the text line since we started the show. So I appreciate it. Uh, welcome in, uh, Jacob Gonzalez, uh, Jacob Standard. Sorry, it's been a it's been a long week, Jacob. It's, <laughs> welcome in, Jacob Standard. Uh, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I don't know if I'm sold on the digital wizard title. But uh, we can workshop it. But we can workshop. You're not it. sold on it yet. I don't know if I'm sold on being a wizard. I don't. I don't know if I want to be a wizard. You, I, I thought that was your generation. Was all the Harry Potter kids? The, maybe it was the one right before me. Oh, I it's in the middle of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. there's a generation in the middle. Of, so you were never a Quidditch player? No, I never played Quidditch. No, uh, no, no. Okay. What was your movie then? What was like y'all's generation's movie? <laughs> To compare to Harry Potter? Yeah, like the thing that it's everybody knows. Oh, I mean, the easy answer is Star Wars. But that's, that's I mean, that you want to say the newer Star Wars. The, the newer Star Wars, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't say Star Wars just like, no, we saw, we said the Darth Vader, that's crazy, man. <laughs> no. no, we can't do that. Come on. You're gonna, you're just gonna I don't know, keep... not a Harry Potter guy, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Know. I'm pretty I usually, sure. Tell you what, I've seen them all, but I put them on to fall asleep, so... <laughs> I see I've not seen any of them. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not a wizard. Maybe, maybe you're just a fan of the Washington Wizards. Oh, yeah, maybe. There we go. <laughs> like I said, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. We'll come up with something besides the digital wizard. <laughs> the digital wizard. That's what we're going with. That's set in stone. No, you can pick it like how we're telling people on the new text line, 512-447-3776. Send in and put in uh, your, if you have a nickname you want to have on the text line for us to talk to you. Uh, go ahead and send that in. Uh, Jacob is workshopping his right now. So if you got to workshop it and then tell me on Monday, that's okay. I know yeah. we're all waiting because Monday is going to be – so this Monday and next Monday are going to be some big Mondays for Texas fans. Oh, yeah. Because these are it's, – it's either going to be a little bit more Kool-Aid and then if you did – by next weekend, we could have swimming pools full of Kool-Aid. <laughs> but we could also – Completely be off the bandwagon in two weeks. Yeah, there is going to be, uh, we'll know. We'll know soon enough. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It could be very polar opposite reactions the following Mondays. Yeah, I mean, we know in 24 hours, we will know how Texas fared uh, against Kansas. I, we should know. We should be around knowing. And if Texas does well, then we should definitely know. And we'll be like, yeah, we're finishing up the game. It's taking a while because we're beating them so bad. <laughs> hopefully that's the case. We just can't stop scoring. <laughs> yeah, we- hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it's the Miami <laughs> Dolphins scenario. And you have to be like, I, look, 
We're just gonna start kneeling the ball in the Nine third quarter. The fourth, yeah. yeah, which is embarrassing. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's gonna be that. Like, this is gonna be an interesting game for Texas. We've talked about it all week long. Jalen Daniels is an uh, electrifying player uh, for Kansas. That this team is is a team built on physicality, where you know where you see a Baylor where it's more built on speed and not necessarily being the most physical team. And Texas wants to be physical too. And Texas is bigger. Texas is stronger. But Kansas is, has some really big guys, some strong guys, and they want to play physical too. So it is. You have to bring your A game. You cannot look past it at all. You cannot slow down anything or or take it for granted. I I don't feel like it is a trap game. And Sark addressed that it wasn't a trap game because they're they're ranked. Yeah, it's and- hard to say they're. I, I get Oklahoma's Oklahoma, but if you say, well, we we have we're, we're too worried about number fourteen, so we. We forgot about number twenty-three, who beat us at our home a couple years ago, which was unheard of. Right. That, then I think you have to, you know, I, I don't think there's a trap game, but it is one that you could. Some penalties could set you back, and all this stuff could set you back a few, basically a, a quarter or two quarters, or you know, where you are having to have another fourth quarter explosion like you've had in a couple of games this year to really pull away in this game. You don't want to have to rely on that as you keep going through the season. So I think that's where Texas is right now. Can you be disciplined enough throughout this game? Can the linebackers be disciplined enough to not bite on some Jalen Daniels moves or a pump fake or whatever to get him in the air or get him going the wrong direction and he breaks off for another, you know, for 15-20 and picks up a big third down or, you know, finds a guy down the road, finds a guy down the line where everybody comes in and the safeties all p- come in because they think he's going to run and he just puts it over the top. Yeah. Though that's discipline that you're going to have to have in this game. Yeah, uh, Kansas plays a brand of football that if you don't show up sharp like you're talking about, they can definitely come up and get you. And so I don't I don't agree with trap game either cuz I think Kansas is a good football team. Yeah, here's Sark talking about defending Kansas because this is going to be for me the biggest point. I know the offense, we haven't seen them click the way we want them to. And you're hoping it'll go a little bit better this week. Kansas doesn't have a bad defense, but they're not built on this defense. They're built on this offense. Yeah, for sure. So here's Sark talking about defending Kansas. Well, I think it's important that we we play a disciplined brand of football, first of all. Uh, I think we've got to have great eyes. We've got to have great communication so that we're we're tied on a string, that everybody's working well together, uh, that everybody trusts their keys, what they need to do and that they can trust the guy next to him, that he's going to do what he's supposed to do. Uh, that That's always important, especially when you start talking about option football. You know, everybody's got to have their rules and, and be dialed into that. But I think ultimately it goes back to our level of physicality. You know, we have to play a physical brand of football, uh, most notably at the line of scrimmage. Uh, we've got to be really sound at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, anytime a team can run the ball, that opens up all of the other things that they want to do, right? Whether it's the play action pass, the the trick plays, the things coming off of that. So uh, I think it's really important that that we're really good up front and that, that we can defeat the run and play well against the run and be gap sound. Uh, but two, across the board, all 11 guys, we have to have great eyes and we have to trust our training and, and that communication amongst everybody so that we're, we're all on the same string. So – this is where playing that the the where you kind of it has that thing where you, I've been talking all week about the linebackers and you have to have your linebackers they to me are the most important because there's so many factors of you know the defensive line knows what they have to do right and the safeties know what they have to do and the cornerbacks know what they have to do I feel like the linebacker is kind of a scramble where they're going to mentally have to be in this game at a different level because the safety knows all right he can't get behind me. And, you know, when if he's coming up, I have to be able to come up. But you kind of like everything else you kind of understand, whereas these linebackers are going to be put into pass coverage a lot. They're going to be put into run coverage a lot. They're going to be spying the quarterback a lot. And it depends on play to play. And sometimes in a play, you may end up trying to do all three because play action. Then you got to jump back because you got to get back and, you know, play a zone. And then, you know, Jalen Daniels is coming back out and you got to go get him. Uh, You know, that to me is why I keep saying them. But he's. It is when you're defending, you have to have all facets of your defense playing at a high level. Where you know, I don't think many Texas fans are that worried about the D line right now because of the play of Devondre Sweat, because of the play of uh, Byron Murphy. That you feel pretty good about that offensive line, especially if the middle and the run game. Uh, and then the safeties, you know, I it'll be interesting to see it, who he plays because he's been playing a, a pretty big rotation of, of safeties right? and playing guys in and out. Jalen Catalan will be great in, you know, coming up and stopping the run and, and catching Jalen Daniels, but, you know, he may get beat over the top. Jaron Thompson is great at, 
you know, coming down and making interceptions, but he may get over the top. But you can go to the rookie, Derek Williams, and he, he's got speed. So you're not going over the top of him. So yeah. it depends on what rotation that they're gonna that Sark is gonna play those guys. That's something to be watching is who's in at safety on which play. I think on third and longs you're gonna definitely see more of the Derek Williams kind of coming in and you know, you may not want a freshman in on those big plays, but also you know, well if they're chunking the ball, then we need somebody who's not gonna get beat over the top. It'll be interesting to see who they kind of pick on in yeah. that secondary. Kind of find out what formation they can get the guy they want to attack in the right spot and then go after him. Yeah, and we've seen in some formations PK basically pulls out uh, Jade Barron, which I don't, I'm not a huge fan of. Not liking that one. You know, and I, I get Ryan Watts is the boundary corner, but as good as Ryan Watts is, I still think Jade Barron's a better corner. You said it earlier this week. There's no way your team is better with yeah. Jade Barron not on the field. And, and that's, so if you say we got to have him on the field, I, I get that there's reasons why you don't and maybe the scouting report and what they've done, but once teams find out a way to get him off the field, they're going to keep doing it to get him off the field because it's just an advantage. Yeah, how do we recreate that scenario right there? Yeah, how yeah. do we get one of their best players off the field? Like we've seen it with, with uh, defensive ends that basically offenses won't substitute. Like a defensive yeah. player will come off like Aaron Donald would come off the, the field for the oh, Rams. Yeah. And, they're, and they're teams no wouldn't sub- yeah. with no huddle, no like no substitutions to not let him back on because he was that much of an impact player. Right. And I, I'm not saying the teams are gonna do that against Johnny Barron of not like uh, basically hurting themselves to to keep him off the field. But you just have to call, you know, they were just basically you run two tight ends, he comes off the field a lot in those packages. So it's not like you have to make a huge sacrifice. You just say we'll put in two tight ends and we're good to go. And and a lot of these teams have two tight ends, right? And they might like their chances a little bit better with Jade Barron not on the field. Yeah. I would too. Jade Barron is a heck of a football player. Yeah. So it'll be so seeing how they kind of go through that. The you know Jalen Catalan's had a really good year, but he's been on a you know Sark said he's not on a pitch count. Not on a pitch count. Said yeah. he's not on a, not pitch, on count. a pitch count. But he is playing very. He's playing limited snaps. We'll yeah. say that. I don't want to say very yes. limited because but he's he's playing under 50% of the snaps, I believe. Yeah. Which you would assume he would be playing a little bit more than that. Uh you would assume especially as the season goes on, he'll play more and more. Well, especially cuz he's making an impact the times he is on the field. Exactly. Uh and you know, I think Jalen Catalan is one of those guys too that he really has great communication. He has a really high football IQ and he can read plays pretty well. Yeah. So one of the things of having him on the on the field is he's really good at being an extra guy with Jalen Ford and those guys to communicate to the rest of the defense, hey, watch out. We I saw this on film. Right. We, we know what they're kind of going to do. And with a guy like Jalen Daniels, and I don't want to overstate it too much of Jalen Daniels, but when you're talking about Kansas, that's the guy. That's the team. That's that's what they're built around, that they're built around this guy. And rightfully so. And, and so you have to you have to over overcompensate for it. And you know we talk about it, and let's get we'll get into the offense for Texas. And that with with Jalen Daniels, there is no pick your poison. You try and stop Jalen Daniels, and you say if anybody else beats us, then you know we'll we'll deal with that when they start to beat us. With Texas now, this offense as we start to get more and more of a balanced offense in, in Texas, and Jonathan Brooks is having a really good season so far. Uh, after basically being week one, not the starter. Yeah, and I, I think it surprised a lot of people. Maybe him. Maybe him as well. Maybe some motivation. And he seemed to respond when C.J. Baxter went down. So now you say, well, we have that. You have C.J. Baxter as a backup, who we also know is really, really good and only improving week to week because he's just getting more comfortable with the game and he's getting healthier now. So you say that running game is there. So And then you know all of the weapons in the passing game. You have to worry about can you hold up against certain defensive lines that certain pass schemes or certain rush schemes and all that are going to get at you. And once Quinn Ewers is off time and once he's off his footwork, it gets a little sloppier. But if he's able to get in the pocket and stand on his back foot, he does pretty well. Yeah, when it turns into backyard football, there there's a little bit more room for error with Quinn. Yeah, Quinn likes to try and, you know, he likes to play backyard football. He loves it. Oh, and, yeah, you can see it. And you have to kind of pull him away from doing that. But Sark talked about the importance of a balanced offense this week, which we talked about the week before on the show, yeah. that you have to have balance in this offense, that Sark was notorious in the last few seasons for really, really being dead set on, I have to throw the deep ball first, and that'll open everything else up. Yeah, And that was just always kind of a sticking point, that he could not get past the fact that if the deep ball wasn't working, well, nothing else is going to work. And you're like, well, try, try though. How right. about we try? And I, 
it's a weird thing because you had two NFL, you had two like day one, you had a the first round and then a second round, a, a second day pick in in the draft at running back last year, but they weren't his guys, right? And it, it feels like part of Sark's hang up with that was he felt like if he went there, he wasn't winning, like the team was winning, but it wasn't him. And I don't know where the hang-up was in it with Bijan Roshan. He would go to him, but it always felt like he kind of was admitting defeat at the part of the game where he would just start handing the ball off at the end. Right. Well, he also wanted to do psychological damage, and I guess he didn't think Bijan stiff-arming a dude into the next century <laughs> was psychological damage. And, and I mean, maybe he too. I'll give him I'll give him that. If you watch and you go, well, we're running the ball, and they keep getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, eventually this isn't going to work. Right, yeah. You could maybe say he's just like, look, I'm – all, all, all past knowledge of this would tell me that this is a bad plan of attack if we keep handing the ball off and they keep getting hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage. We should be throwing the ball because our, clearly our line is better pass blockers than run blockers. Unless you have Bijan and Rojo. Unless you have Bijan and Rojo. This year he seems to be calling a little bit better. I don't know, so I don't know fully why that is, but he seems to be calling a little bit better. I, I'm still surprised Keelan Robinson isn't more involved in the game plan because Keelan Robinson was getting more. Yeah, that is interesting. And, and so I don't know what it is if, if it's just – Keelan Robinson is more focused on special teams, and they've kind of changed up what his game plan is. Right. Uh, they may be using him later in the season against some different defenses. That's what I think. That's what I think, too. Uh, but, yeah, I'm curious to see. But uh, the balanced offense, here's Sark talking about a balanced offense and why it's so important because now you can use the run to set up the deep pass, and you can use the mid-range to set up the deep pass or the run. You can use the different things, and they don't have to be in any order. Here's Sark talking about the importance of the balanced offense. Well, I, I do think it's important. You know, I, I think inevitably for us, we're always at our best when when we when we can run the football effectively. Um, I think that that um, helps the RPO game, which which we definitely like to do. I think it helps the play action pass game, which we like to do, um, and then it helps the drop back pass game because you know people deploy their people differently when they feel the threat of the run game. Uh, ultimately you know, the coverages a lot of times dictate where that ball is going to go predicated on where their emphasis is of who they're trying to take away and what they're trying to defend. Um, And I think Quinn's done a nice job of not forcing the ball, but yet allowing the reads to come to him and distributing the ball effectively. Um, and, And that's the beauty of when you have multiple weapons is that you don't feel like you have to move people to specific spots and then you can become predictable. And I think now, you know, we put our starting 11 out there predicated on the personnel that we're in that you have Xavier, you have JT, you have AD, you have Jordan, you have Jonathan Brooks, you have Gunner Helm when we're in, when some of our 12 personnel, all of those guys have proven to make their plays when their opportunities presented themselves. So Naturally, as we go, certain games, other guys are going to have bigger games than others predicated on some of the coverages that we get. And last week, it, it happened to be JT. I thought he had a fantastic ball game. Uh, we've seen AD have multiple touchdown games. We've seen the playmaking ability of Xavier. So um, the key for us is to make sure that we've got a good plan uh, week to week and that the guys you know understand that plan and execute the plan. And just know by the end of a ball game, everybody's going to have opportunities, but there might be a guy or two that just has a little bit of a bigger game predicated on uh, what the defense decides to do. Yeah, and that balanced offense, we get a good text here from a man, Chief Engineer. It says uh, that what's got to change is in the red zone. They've only scored eight touchdowns on 16 trips, only have a 37% third down conversion rate. Now, I'll tell you two parts of this. One of them is they played Alabama, who's one of the best defenses in the country still, so that's going to knock down your third-down conversion rate a little bit. Yeah, that'll mess with your numbers. Uh, they did not play well against Rice in a lot of these categories. Right. So the first two games of the season kind of knocked them behind where they've looked a little bit better at some of the stuff against Wyoming. They looked a, a lot better against the Baylor. Uh, I, I do agree, though, that Sark's offense is more a spread out. We'd like to have a whole field to play with, and once, especially once you get inside the 10 – he doesn't. He's not necessarily a power run. Let's try and shove it down their throats, guy. As much right. from the ten yard line, he may be from the one or the two, but he kind of wants to still throw the ball. And if you're going to be a let's shove it down, you have to do that three downs in a row. Yeah, because you have to be able to pick up three yards and three yards and three yards and get into the end zone. You can't do it once and hope to get six yards on a on a play in the red zone, running it right up the middle. We're- 
he wants to get the ball in the hands of his weapons out there on the edges in yeah. that area. He wants to throw bubbles, uh, bubble screens, swing passes, get it in their hands early and let them make them play. And, and, and another part of it, too, is this is Quinn Ewers, like his evolution, his progression in his career, that Quinn Ewers is a guy who is really set on not turning the ball over. And in the red zone, you have to make some dangerous throws. And a lot of times the guys that are getting open are not the guys on the outside. So Quinn Ewers will always try and throw to outside routes in the red zone. Right. He very rarely puts it over the middle of the field in the red zone. And if he does, he's putting it over the back of the end zone where it's his guys catching at the back of the end zone or no one is. Well, he trusts what he sees on the sidelines more than he does yeah. the center of the field. Exactly, because yeah. you don't know who's creeping over, and it's right. just harder to see in the middle of the field, especially with everything going on and, and guys trying to kill you. Crossing routes. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, you get it, and depending if you're on the road, then, you know, it can be really loud in there as well yeah. once you get down to the other end zone. So I think part of it is Quinn Ewers is just he needs to get more comfortable in that, which will come with time. Now, it could be that you get another turnover in there. You, It could be that he's got to kind of go through the growing pains. But I think part of it is Quinn Ewers that he's just, you know, he doesn't want to throw the pick. And Sark wants to call play, pass plays to get it to his playmakers in that situation instead of running uh, power football. So you just kind of have a combination of in Sark's head, well, the guy's open, just throw it there. And in Quinn's head, well, that's really risky. Right. You know what? Well, let's wait, and then by the time you get to third down, now if nothing's open, you you lost it on first and second where you had a guy, or maybe you had we've had a few drops as well. There's been at least three drops I can think of off the top of my head immediately that were red zone touchdowns that ended up in field goals. Yeah. So you know those types of things are stuff you can clean up. The red zone, the drops you can clean up. That's something where the play call was right, the pass was right, execution and, failed, and execution failed. But every you you could call that play again. It's fine. Yeah. Those ones don't worry me as much as the ones where you are, you know, where Quinn Ewers kind of has to eat the football and then runs to the outside and then is throwing it away or taking a big hit or taking a sack. Those ones worry you a bit more because that's where Quinn Ewers needs to evolve as this season goes on. Because as you're hoping to be playing in a Big Twelve championship game, those are the points where everything starts to shrink down and every every possession matters a lot more and you don't get to have. 15 point spreads anymore in your games yeah and you can't go 50 percent in the red zone no yeah no and so it's that that's i think you know i think if sark win a little bit more power run at times in the red zone it would open up you know part when we talk that balance is instead of having a balance of on first down i run on second down i pass just going no we're just going to run the ball three or four straight times put byron murphy in front of jonathan brooks <laughs> And we're just going to lead the way and just try and push. And Jonathan Brooks has got great balance. He can stay, and he's got you know, he'll push. And with that lineup, you can probably get four or five yards every carry. Right. And you may get one that's two, but you'll probably get four or five, and you can get a touchdown. I would do that a few more times to get the defense to feel more in block, to get more man coverage on the outside, maybe make them bring the safeties in a little bit more to try and get in and stop the run. So then it opens it up on the outside, so you can start doing that and do the inside-outside as opposed to continually trying to pass the ball in the red zone and trying to hit those those pass plays. That's what I would say, uh, but I agree with you. You have to ch- clean up those, uh, those possessions. Uh, with that, let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. 512-447-3776 is the new text line. 512-447-3776, uh, where you can join the conversation and answer our question of the day. We'll put this up on uh, social media for you after the game, after the show today. Uh, but if you have this, you want to tell us this question, especially is going to you want, might want to put some explanation in. Here's a question because this is where we talk about this this game. We've seen it. We've seen different quarters matter a lot for Texas. And we talked a little bit earlier in this show today about you don't want this to become a fourth quarter game. No. You don't want to have to be this to be a fourth quarter game. So I'm not going to ask you which one do you want to be the most important quarter of this game. I'm going to ask you to predict what will be the most important quarter of this game. Is it going to be a fourth quarter game in your mind? Is this going to be a game where the first quarter is the most important because Texas is able to put up 17 in the first quarter and kind of dictate the pace the way they want? Or is it that Kansas puts up 17 on the first quarter and Texas is kind of having to change? And it's it's important because Texas is having to chase the whole time, and it means that run game starts to go away even though you're in the first half. And I hate when coaches are like, well, we just got to throw. We're down 17. Like, you got 25 minutes. 
Yeah. Run the ball. Right. Run the ball. Just hurry up your offense a little yeah. bit. But we're going to burn the clock. There's 25 <laughs> minutes you're left in the game. You're going to burn the clock when you're passing, it's, too. <laughs> Come on. Move downfield. But, yeah, uh, that's what I'm asking. So the number 512-447-3776 is the new text line. What will be the most important quarter in the game, Texas versus Kansas, for Texas in the game against Kansas? Send in that. Tell us why. If you got a reason why you think you got a quarter, that's the most important. And anything else you want to talk about Texas football, any other big college football games you got opinions on, any NFL you want to talk uh, we can get into all of that. Whatever you want to talk about, you guys drive the show here on the Sports Complex. Uh, we're just here to uh, to to drive the ship. You drive, but we drive. And I don't I don't know the analogy. I haven't figured out the second part of that. Yeah, we almost had it. We we'll, almost had hey, it. We, you know we're what? good. You guys are driving. I'm sure. I'm not sure what I'm doing. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. <laughs> Digital Wizard is the workshop. <laughs> Man, Chief Engineer has got some ideas for hey, you. He had a great one. He's got some good ones in there. So we'll be we'll be workshopping those. Uh, we'll be back here on the Sports Complex giving you some picks for NCAA football games around some uh, some games you might want to check out. Uh, put those on your radar here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex in the Horn on a Friday afternoon. It's 512 Friday. Playing some local bands you can go check out around town this weekend. This is the boys in Saucer. Got back together recently. Playing a few shows around town. They're playing Saturday at Hanover's. We've been playing down south, so a nice up north show there for you. Uh, Saucer's got uh, some guys from Vallejo. George DeVore. It's a oh. good lineup. Uh, Les Fisher, I believe, is going to be playing with them. It's going to be a fun lineup. They're always a lot of fun. I like it. Sounds like a party. It is a party. Let yeah. me tell you, it's a party. Saucer, you can check them out uh, Saturday at Hanover's. Some saucer there for you. And I'm glad they finally put their music online. Oh, this, it, this stuff all came out like late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and they never put it out because it was before all these existed. Well, they're trying to be retro, and now they got back into the playing somewhere. And I'm like, well, if you put your songs on the radio, so I'm, <laughs> I'm so you can stream them now. You can go out and listen to more Saucer and get ready for the show on Saturday. Can be gonna a fun go time. download this one. Go download it. Yeah, download it. This is a good song. There you go. Uh, Let it go there by uh, Saucer is the name of that song. Uh, let's get into some college football picks. Remember, you can text us in. We are asking the poll of the day. 512-447-3776, the poll today. What will be the most important quarter for Texas against Kansas? So is it first quarter they need to take a big lead? Do you want to finish the first half strong in the second quarter? Is it big for you to come out in that third quarter and Texas is going to come out big, pull away in the third quarter? Or is this going to be a fourth quarter game? And it's going to be a big fourth quarter for Texas. Is that going to be the most important one? Let us know. What do you think? And tell us why. 512-447-3776 is the new text line number. Send us in there. If you haven't if you haven't said your nickname yet, if you told us already, then I've already put it in. If I haven't told if you haven't told us yet, then clearly I have not put it in. But we're trying to get all you guys' names in there uh, as we got the new text line system going here at the horn. Let's get into it. Uh, my man Jacob, we've been making some picks. Clearly, we're doing really well. I've been told that we're just killing it. Yeah, I did something a little annoying before we <laughs> before we started the show today. So, we'll <laughs> you'll see. Yeah, I know. Look, we we were joking about it because last week we made some picks, and I know what my man Jacob does is because he is the digital wizard as much as he doesn't like the nickname. I don't know. I like Digital Dog. <laughs> digital Chief, Dog. Chief Engineer put Digital Dog out there. He also had some other. But, no, but he said dog D O G. Are you the dog D O G or dog D A double G? D A W G. D A W G. Yeah, okay. Come on. You're the, you got to be the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but the digital dog, Jacob, it sounds weirder <laughs> when I said so much weirder. That's the best part is that you now have to call me the digital dog. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that's a scruff McGruff or whatever, the crime dog. <laughs> it feels like it's that. <laughs> His, All right, his so, cousin, we're work, so we're workshopping it. His yeah. cousin that didn't become a cop, he became a, he went to computer camp too many times. He he works in the van. <laughs> he works in the he does the yeah he's the he's the IT guy. He's the IT guy. Enhance. 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 I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> uh, but I want to look at some other games that are happening around uh, other than Texas. We keep talking about Texas. We'll get back to Texas football for sure. In the next segment, we'll be reading what she said on the text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. But uh, we made some picks last week, and I knew Jacob was 
he cuts himself if he's got one that's right and he feels really strongly and he has a good take on it. He did his research. He's got it cut, ready to go. Oh. And there maybe was a game yes, uh, last week that seemed like he was going to be right and then a kicker missed a uh, field goal and he was not right anymore. <sighs> so – as we were just, we were. I was giving him a hard time. That's the reality. Is I was giving him a hard time because I knew he had it ready to go. Hey, if you follow me on the internet, I'm batting a thousand because y'all don't see the bad ones. <laughs> if you listen on, if you listen on the radio, you hear it. Neither ones. No one's batting a thousand. We were batting a thousand. We'd be have the highest listener base. I am. Check my receipts. <laughs> uh, game tonight. Uh, Friday night game. It's going to be on FS1 if anybody wants to watch it tonight. Uh, Utah versus Oregon State. It's number 10. Utah, Cam Rising, still not expected to be back tonight. It's it's kind of funny that they well, were like – splitting reps at practice. He started to come yeah. back, but, yeah, it was something where they were like, they were like, I don't know if he's going to make week one. And now you're like, is he going to play this season? Yeah. No, I don't know. It's getting a little weird how long Utah's, he's not playing. Yeah, Utah still is looking good, though. And I get for Cam Rising, too. He's looking forward to – he believes he can have an NFL future, and you don't want to jeopardize that right. by getting hurt again by coming back too early. Well, and he got hurt last game of the season yeah, exactly. last year. I no, mean, exactly. this wasn't a midseason injury. Yeah, yeah. No, no, there's plenty of reasons. So they're taking on number 19, Oregon State. So number 10, Utah, I'm giving them all the credit because they've been able to hold that ranking without their starting quarterback, which is the main reason they had that ranking. It's getting close, though. They're, it is getting close. They're running out of slack. They are, but I, I'm, I'm impressed that they've been able to hang there. Yeah. Without their starting quarterback. Number 19, Oregon State. I don't know why people are so dead set on pretending that the Pac 12 is that good this year. They're not, I know they didn't, they didn't play anybody and they just gave everybody who was undefeated uh, a step. Uh, Oregon State loses last week to Washington State, still ranked number 19 in the country. Awesome. After losing to Washington State, because yep. we go to Washington State's going to take over the world. Pac 2 still both ranked. Right. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, they have their quarterback, which I've really worked on the pronounce the pronunciation of the name. Go for it. Okay, so his name is DJ Wiangalele. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's me saying it. Wow! Can you, I, can right you do on. it again? Yeah, DJ Wiangalele. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Say it right every time. <laughs> when, when did you prepare that? Two minutes before the show. <laughs> when I was like, I, was, I didn't look at how to pronounce it. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it where I can just hit it with a button, and I'll, oh. I'll get it right every time. Uh, <laughs> He's uh, the big question here is uh, Oregon State is rushing is has been running the ball really well. Uh, they're averaging 225 rushing yards per game. Utah allows 51 rushing yards per game. Ooh. So this game is going to be very much dictated on the lines of scrimmage. Uh, if Oregon State can run the ball, they have a shot in this game. They are the four point favorite in this game because Utah is again it's Cam Rising is not in this game. Uh, if Utah's defense comes out and stops them, and it comes down to DJ Wiangalele. Having to make plays, I don't have the faith in him. I don't have the faith in, in DJ Wiangalele to make the big play. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Utah wins this game. I, I don't have the faith in Utah and Oregon State that everybody else seems to have. I know that that DJ Wiangalele was supposed to be a star at Clemson, and DJ Wiangalele was the guy who got the first big NIL deal and was in the Dr Pepper commercial saying, "Hey, I'm Wiangalele." And so I get all that. <laughs> But, just saying, I, I think Utah wins this game. What do you got? I'm glad you got so many miles out of that. That's <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, I mean, I just want to point out, though, because I did do something annoying, like I said. Patrick was 4-3-2 and two in college picks last okay. week, and I was 3-4-2. and two. So we weren't that far we weren't off, that but far you off. did win. Okay. But, but, but we, when ties, those were those... Pushes. Okay, pushes. Gotcha. Yeah, pushes. The ones that were right on the number. It was okay, gotcha, uh, Ohio gotcha. State and Notre Dame. I was wondering Dame if you were like, Oklahoma. okay, I got you. Perfect. All right, good. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so those are wins. Yeah. Well, no, they're not. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite way. I couldn't have won. I'm not going to call a push on this. <laughs> How am I, we're not predicting pushes. <laughs> I'm just saying. I went three and four. I went three and four. We don't even need the twos. All right, well, then we'll call the pushes losses. No, no, they're not losses. You didn't lose your money. Well, you didn't win any. You give Jim lose? Okay, fair enough. So Come we'll on. call them ties. So <laughs> I got Oregon State minus four. I think DJ Wiangalele nailed it. Um, I think they're going to be too much to handle for Utah. Utah's QB, Nate Johnson, had to come out and apologize for how poorly the offense looked last week. Yeah. Um, I just don't have a lot of faith in them if Cam Rising doesn't play. That's my one stipulation, though. If by some miracle Cam Rising goes out there and starts the game, I'm flipping to Utah immediately. Yeah, what if Cam Rising comes out in the second half? Oh, man. 
Because it's going to be close. It's not like Oregon State's going to blow it away. It's not like DJ Uyunglele. is going to have a great first half and blow everybody out of the water. We know that. No, I don't I, think I, it's so. Gonna but be, but it's, it, and if they, the only way that Oregon State is really going to start to pull away in this game is if they do run the ball over in Utah because they're taking away Utah's strength there, which is their defense and their, their run defense. Right. So if you can do that. Uh, I, but yeah, I, I think this is a Utah win. Uh, all right, I'll take the underdog on that one. Yeah, I just think uh, the limited QB situation makes their offense a little bit limited. Yeah. And so it's going to be difficult to score points even. It is. Uh, it is difficult to score points. I get that. I, I just, I'm still not sold on the whole Oregon State. Okay. I'm all not right. sold on it. Uh, tomorrow, when we start to get into some Saturday football, this is an interesting thing because we had this conversation on the text line yesterday. Uh, or the other day when someone was asking what programs are next up going to be like Kansas, where you are able, they're starting to turn it around, uh, and you know you start to bring in a coach and and change the culture and do all that. And my my answer is it's basketball schools. Yeah, because basketball schools have good fundraising already. They have the things that they understand. They usually hire decent enough coaches. But now, because it was harder to recruit just freshmen to come in, you were able to get the transfers to come in. You used to only be able to bring in JUCO guys. Now you can bring in people from everywhere. You can get all the best guys from the FCS. You can, you know, you're able to start recruiting a little bit better with NIL, get some guys that are from your area to come. So those basketball schools like Kansas, uh, another school we'll talk about in a little bit, Duke, and this school we're talking about now, Kentucky. Kentucky is one of those schools that, you know, they understand how to do all the other pieces so they can start to step up a little bit. And they're not there yet. Right. But they're luckily playing into a school who is overranked again in number 22, Florida. Florida is a one point favorite on the road at Kentucky tomorrow. Uh, this is, you know, d- does anybody have any faith in Billy Napier that he's going to win, like that he can play any close game and they call the play calls to get. Florida and the, they're a disciplined enough team. Oh, are you going to go Kentucky on this? I'm going Kentucky on this. Wow, Devin Leary is Devin Leary is a better quarterback than Graham Mertz is right now. They just haven't progressed Graham Mertz the way they needed to. You get Devin Leary who comes out. He really wants it. I believe he came from NC State to get transfer. They get in there. He's playing really well. I, I it's it comes down to me that I think that Florida makes too many mistakes on the road. And Kentucky, being at home, is able to pull it out. Maybe a last-second field. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think they pull it out at the end. Could be. No, I, I'm with you on the close game. I think it's going to be very close. Uh, I will say this, though. Florida has the top-ranked defense in the SEC. and uh, But on the other side, Kentucky DB Maxwell Harrison, Hairston, he had two pick-sixes last week. He has three, on the, three turnovers on the season and a forced fumble in the opener. So it's going to be a very close game. Give me Florida. Give me Florida right. minus one. Though. I like it. I like it. Florida minus one. It, it's hard. The minus ones are always like, well, I'm not going to take money line if it's right. going to win by one. I don't right. believe that. I'm going to take my odds on that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go over to LSU. L- number 13, LSU is a two and a half point favorite at number 20, Ole Miss. This is a big game in the fact that these are two teams that had high aspirations starting the season. Oh, yeah. And they're both one loss teams right now. A second loss can be really devastating to the rest of your season. Uh, is Brian Kelly going to have a, a real letdown second season that he was coming out strong, but he lose that opening game to Florida State, which is a really good school. Right. And then now you lose to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is okay, but they're a one-loss team. And at what point does this start to spiral for you that you now lose a third and you're just out of it completely? You're out of the SEC contention. You're out of everything. Two losses early in the season, not what you want to have for either of these schools. Uh, two mobile quarterbacks, Jackson Dart for Ole Miss, Jaden Daniels for LSU. There's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game to watch, like a really fun game to watch both these offenses because it isn't a drop back. Let's see what happens. You know, plays break down and it's oh, yeah. gonna get crazy. Uh, I will tell you, I'm gonna go LSU in this game. Uh, I think Ole Miss is a good team, but they really it's all on Jackson Dart being able to put the ball down the field. You have to be able to put the ball down the field. LSU's run defense is pretty good. Uh, so I think that it's going to rely too much on him making big plays. Uh, Jaden Daniels will make some plays too. LSU, I think, is just a more complete team right now than Ole Miss is. So I have uh, LSU covering here at two and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, this is going to be an explosive game, though. Both of these teams are yeah. averaging 42 points a game. Yeah. This is going to be high-flying, lots of points scored. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I, I can bet you that the highlight reel for this on uh, Sports Center will be pretty long. <laughs> like they're gonna have to pull some stuff out of like, and then he was falling out of bounds, and he threw the ball. It's gonna be one of those where they put the the number in the corner where they're counting touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Where they <laughs> exactly? Uh, let's go over to Big Twelve game. 
Iowa State at Oklahoma. This is where I'm only putting this on there. Uh, Oklahoma's a 20-point favorite in this game. Yeah. Iowa State's 2-2, two and two, not looking great. But we talked, Texas, this isn't a trap game for Texas. Kansas is, is undefeated. Kansas is number 23 in the country. It's a good football team. They, you, they, they beat you two years ago. You're ready to play them. Oh, yeah. For Oklahoma, this is a trap game, right? You have Texas next week. This is a trap game, right? Yeah, you could be looking past it. You could. Yeah, you could be like, look, man, we're dominating right now. But, okay, so trap game in the sense that they lose or that they don't cover the number? I, I think they don't cover the number. I Look, I'm okay. not going to say they lose this game. I, I do think that it will be closer than 20. I don't think they've, they've shown that they can blow out real competition. And I know <laughs> Iowa State is like, – no, no, they're playing good, but the teams they blew out were not – like, they're FCS school. There's the high school down the road. Yeah, yeah. it's like they're blowing out. They they played SMU and could not blow them up like they, that and that SMU number is vastly overrated because they score like two touchdowns with like four minutes left in that game. You love that game. I'm just you, saying that's <laughs> but that's one of those ones where people be like they blew out SMU. I'm like no, they didn't. Yeah, you're just looking at the box SMU could have yeah. won that game. So I, I put it this way: I don't think Iowa State wins it. The number is just really big on this. This game seems like a point where uh, you know Oklahoma gets a little cocky. They let something go on the defense because their defense has been really good so far this season. That Brent Venables defense. Uh, has been really good. Uh, Rocco Becht for Iowa State has had the has best game of the season last week, so you hope that he can manage that into a few a few big plays against this Oklahoma defense. Uh, I have I, uh, Oklahoma winning, but not covering the number of twenty, which is a big number against a conference opponent. Oh, I'm taking Oklahoma to cover it. You got it. Oh, you I want fully... the alternate line? No, no, I'm <laughs> done with alternate lines. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, Dylan Gabriel and the Sooners. I think. I think they cruise past that number pretty convincingly in this one. Iowa I, State's really struggling right they, now. They are struggling, I, I, and I will say, if it goes Oklahoma's way, Oklahoma will. They have shown Brent Venables is on the mission because they're ranked number 14, and no one really is going to believe him until they show up against yeah, they Texas. Want a, they want a bigger jump. Yeah, because they haven't played any bit good teams yet, so no one's really pushing them as like a <laughs> as a believable top 10, top 5 team. You don't get a bump for beating Iowa State by 20 points. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they've they been basically trying to put up 70 on everybody. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if they are able to do that. I don't think they will be able to. I think Iowa State, Matt Campbell, will know well enough of how to just keep it within 20. Well, just keep it within three scores. To each is their own. But we'll see. That's Because Oklahoma could blow them out. They very well could. Uh, final one I'll give you before we go to break. Uh, number 11, Notre Dame, versus number 17, Duke. Notre Dame's favored by five and a half. This is a big one for Notre Dame. They they lose out in the last second with 10 men on the field against Ohio State. Uh, you know How do you do that? Ryan Day comes out and gets mad at a, a 120-year-old man <laughs> for saying <laughs> oh, that they weren't great. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. What a, what a thin-skinned man oh my that goodness. Ryan Day yeah. is. Uh, but, yeah, so it's uh, – Duke – kind of relies on their defense right now. Their yes. offense is not bad. Riley Leonard and Jordan Waters have played a good combination at, at quarterback and, and running back. But I think this Notre Dame, you're not allowed to rely on your defense because Notre Dame's going to put up points on you. That offense is doing really well with Sam Hartman now. I don't think you can just lay back and rely. They're, you're going to have to put up some points. Uh, I, I, I definitely have Notre Dame uh, winning. Uh, I'll give Notre Dame the cover. Okay. Uh, but I, they're definitely going to win. So I, I, I don't – it is the you can't get in your own head and – there is the does does Marcus Freeman get them back in line? But I think with a veteran quarterback, it's a little bit easier to get Sam Hartman back on track because this is his last year of college football, right? And so I think it's a little bit easier for him to focus back in and say, "Let's go play some real football." Like I, we still got a shot, guys. Sure, it's also easier to play defense when you have eleven guys on the field. So I think they'll it get is. that. Yeah, it I, is. I think they'll get that figured out, especially on the goal line. But uh, Sam Sam Hartman can sling the football, man. Uh, with all that said, though. Game day's in town. Yeah. Mike Elko's telling everybody, stop congratulating us for getting game day because we expected game day to be here for this one. Give me Duke. You're plus going five Duke. and a half. Give uh, me Duke plus five and a half. Ooh. I don't know if they'll win it, but I could see this game being settled by a field goal either way, which I, puts yeah. me under that five and a half. Yeah, I know it could be. You know, Mike Krzyzewski's probably going to be there. Oh, yeah. You know, they'll they'll talk more about basketball than, than they ever have during a... Oh, yeah, they'll probably bring Pat into the <laughs> locker room, talk to the boys for the game, give them a speech, get them all fired up. Oh, All right, I like it. I like it, I like it. Uh, if you have any more picks, anything that you think from college football, or if you want to start talking some NFL or Texas football, don't forget the big fat poll of the day. What will be the most important quarter for Texas against Kansas tomorrow? Send that in, 512-447-3776. We're going to take a break. We come back, we're going to start reading your text off. Uh, before we get to hour two of the sports complex, right here on the Horn 
1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon, uh, 512 Friday, playing local music that you can go check out around town this weekend. This is the very talented Ruby Dice booing an album release party tonight at the O4 Center. You can go check out Ruby Dice, brand new album, Not In Love, uh, I believe came out today or around today came out. They're doing the party tonight at the O4 Center, Ruby Dice, very talented. Uh, as you can tell, as you can tell, very yeah, cool. that voice is very soothing. Yes, yeah. Ruby Dice, really cool. Uh, check that out, and uh, let's get to some of your text uh, on the text line 512 447 3776. 512 447 3776. We can, uh, we're talking about the big fat poll today. Will be the most important quarter for Texas against Kansas on Saturday. Uh, we're talking college football. Any games, any picks you have, any uh, games you're excited about, and we're about to get to some NFL. So, you got any NFL takes? Uh, go ahead and send those in. Any games you're looking forward to in NFL, uh, any takes you have there. Uh, Chief Engineer did have a soliloquy of foreigner uh, lyrics. I can't read the whole thing. This Chief is awesome. Engineer. Uh, Jacob, do you want to try it? Do you, oh, you want me to yeah, read it? Yeah, I want it? you to read this for me. Oh, okay, hang on. Patrick's trying to get me to slip up. I know. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Look, I, look, you can tell that I pronounce words correctly because I know the name of DJ. Weongalele. <laughs> All right, here we go. So Chief Engineer says, PD, I need them to play urgent. Because I want to know what love is. Don't want to be left cold as ice. I need the D to be hot-blooded. Getting ranked one or two would feel like the first time. Quinn can be the jukebox hero. And Sweat can have them suffering from double vision. Hoping Sark can play head games. Because as a fan, I'm just a dirty white boy, not a foreigner. That's solid. It's solid. <laughs> I, I'm hoping you did this because you know my dog is named after Lou Graham from Foreigner. My dog is named Lou because he is the dirty white boy. Oh, man. So he is, uh, my, so my dog is named after Florida. So I do love that. Uh, maybe you're just a. Uh, That's so wonderfully crafted. Yeah, maybe you're just that an is- Aqua Teen Hunger Force and, a, and you got the foreigner belt in Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It's <laughs> solid episode of TV from many years ago. Uh, we get Bo to say the first quarter, get, uh, get a couple of touchdowns ahead and just keep rolling from there with the defense stopping them and hopefully a fumble for, uh, for a TD or a pick six. So first quarter, come out strong for Bo. I, I like, like that. I like it. Me personally, I think the third quarter will be the most important. This is from uh, Coach Rodney of Ramos Bud Lott, the great, uh, the great youth football coach. Me personally, I think the third quarter will be the most important. We will see what kind of changes Coach brings out to stop any success that Kansas may have have had in the first half. If he can go in at halftime, make the necessary adjustments, and come out and thrash Kansas, then I'll be very confident in Coach Sark and Texas Longhorns football team. I've been drinking the Kool-Aid, though, and if they're going to do it this year, this is the year to do it. I'm loving every second of it. I'm loving it, too. I told you, we're going to have a, a, a – I think, I think we win this week. It's a bathtub full of, of Kool-Aid, and if we win next week – this weekend, next week, it's a, it's a swimming pool full of Kool-Aid yeah, is I, what we will be drinking, uh, which I'm all for. I'm all for. Uh, but I do. Uh, third quarter. Texas hasn't had a probably a great third quarter yet this season. I don't think they've had the one where it's been where they've come out strong at a half. I think they've kind of has struggled a little bit at a half and then picked it up going into the fourth quarter. They've had a couple of success, and then in the fourth quarter they've had success. But the straight out of the locker room, they kind of start off the same way they've been starting off these games in the first quarter, which is those first drives, just kind of feeling it out, yeah, and you know pushing it out. Uh, you know, it's not my favorite thing, but I know that it. There's a lot of coaches who do that kind of thing, which they're kind of just testing it out. And for whatever reason, Sark has not been able to figure out how to make uh, scoring success on those first drives out of the locker room either. Time uh, depends on the coin toss from Day Drinker seventy seven. If we get the ball. Second half, then the second quarter is big. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Managing the double possession is the, huge. Oh, man, the yeah. Bill Belichick double possession. 
which we all, that was. <laughs> I don't have any coaching experience, but every time I play Madden, I defer to the second half. Yeah, because well, no, of Bill Belichick. Is it Bill Belichick? Everyone when he was just like, no, we like to do this, and they showed the numbers of, the, yeah. of how many times it it's happened. Like, no, every time he does it. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited about the celebrity effect that's going to happen in the Colorado and USC. Did you hear who's going to be in attendance? From I'm, I'm guessing the nickname on this is JAMA. It's J-M-A, J-A-M-A for this texter. I'm going to go with JAMA. Tell me if that's wrong or if it's JAMA. Look, I'm really good at pronunciations, so I want to get this right because I can pronounce names like Weungalele. Yeah. So That's a wonderful drop. <laughs> it's just such a weird drop. Think uh, about like two weeks from now when you drop that and it's just like, <laughs> where did that come from? It's like... Uh, no, but I, there's tons of celebrities at that game. It's going to be crazy at USC Colorado. What's going to be crazy is I feel like the celebrities are going to start on the Colorado sideline and then just eke over to the USC sideline by the end of the game. They're wearing two shirts. Yeah, yeah. Just in case. Like, oh, well, I'm really from but California. There's one specific guest that I heard Matthew McConaughey is going to be there instead of at the Texas game. Oh, that's crazy, Matthew. Come on. I know. It's a bad look. That's a bad look. It's a bad look. That's a bad look. I don't like that one bit. 21 and a half. We didn't discuss this game because the line is 21 and a half. Yeah, that's a lot. Does Colorado keep it in the number? Is it like Oregon? Man, I I have a tough time still talking bad about Coach Prime. I do too, but I, without I think we saw without Hunter there. Travis Hunter changes it, that team. It, it changes them a lot. By the way, uh, shout out to Travis Hunter for for being a super class act guy and going out and doing a video bowling with the guy who took the cheap shot off. Oh, that's awesome. And then I mean just basically because you know the kid got death threats and he's like, look, it's in a game and I get you get heated and I've taken shots at people too. Yeah. We all have done stuff we regret, you know, immediately after and you're like, I didn't want to hurt him. I just wanted to I want to scare him. Right. <laughs> I didn't want to hurt him. I just wanted to prove my point. Yeah. yeah. And so a, a huge class act move to kind of just suck, you know, and because he's he wants to play. Yeah. And no doubt. he's he's mad that he's not playing right now. Uh, and I know that you know Dion has told him basically your career is more important than this than a couple games. He wanted to practice this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, but very very class act move there by uh, by Hunter. So uh, so that's you know what I, as much as people can kind of some people are talking trash about the Colorado that they're they're too cocky and they have they have no no ethics or anything like that. Clearly they do. They pull Clearly. a move like that. That's they awesome. pull a move yeah. like that. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. Uh, get some more of your text. Tell me again, Jamma? Jamma, is that it? Is that where I pronounce that name? Text that back in for me. Nailed uh, it. We'll get some more of your text. 512-447-3776. Uh, what is the most important quarter for Texas uh, versus Kansas this Saturday? Any NFL topics you want to get into, we're going to get into NFL, make some picks for uh, the week coming up in the top of the 6 o'clock hour right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.